Yo, this is the ancient Texan. I'm sitting at a Walmart picking up my groceries that were supposed to be ready at 4. It's 5.45. A lot of angry people here. A lot of other people are waiting. I don't know, 20 cars or so. Well, I'm going to talk on a related topic that I really think we need moving forward this year. Compromise. Compromise. Some people kind of think it's a the art of accepting standards that are lower than desirable. Someone compromises and settles for something like in a marriage you settle for a guy that uh, or a gal that's not good for you. That doesn't help you be the best to you because you're afraid you can't get the real thing. Oh, I can see how that kind of compromises. Uh, not so good. And I'm not here to judge, you know, when you should and you shouldn't. That's on the, that's yours. And I, I made a definition. Finding common ground necessary to make progress between groups with different points of view toward a shared goal. Look at our country, look at your neighborhood, look at your life, your relationships. On a national level, it's really easy to see a lot of problems that we've got. Uh, homelessness, poverty, inequality, deteriorating infrastructure. Huge national debt, college loan debt, credit card debt, national debt. There's a whole, just the whole, you know, green global warming thing, racism. Lots of stuff. And we have two groups that uh, represent two minorities in this country. Uh, the Republicans and the Democrats and then their subgroups. They now represent together less than 50% of us. So that's part of the problem. But that's just another problem. So there's a truckload of things you can put on the list... And both groups um, think differently, like this sending $600 versus $2,000 uh, for the second COVID bill. 
Well, you want to say the Democrats are the good guys because they want to send everybody 2,000. But 2,000 is a truckload of money. Um, especially to everyone. And I'm pretty sure everyone doesn't need the 2,000. In fact, I would say 80% of Americans don't need the 2,000. 80% of the Americans still have their jobs and life's okay. And just giving away 2,000 bucks to increase our national debt, I'm sure that isn't free. I'm sure the bill's coming. So, the Republicans said they wanted a more targeted help to those in need. Now, I didn't hear their little plans on how to figure out how to do that, because that's not simple either. But that's, I actually accept, I actually think the Republican point of views makes more sense. And the Democrats are the good guys, because they're going to give everybody 2000 So... What happens? It gets stuck. So now we're going to give 600 to everybody. That's not ideal, but that's a, that's a compromise. Um, I think if people were being authentic and discussing it openly, I think, you know, the Democrats should have been able to agree that they want targeted help and maybe they want to make sure their shotgun has a pretty big blast so they don't miss people that are really hurting. But all I saw was a lot of posturing. But that's just yesterday's incidents. You can look at the whole year, it's been posturing. I just heard someone saying, you know, we have the race of whiteism in America. Well, that may or may not be true. I think some people here do. But it brings up a list of stuff like, how does compromise work? And, how, and what are the kind of the ground rules on how to make it work? I think it's important because for humanity to make progress at this point in time, we must revive the art, ancient art of compromise. Joe Biden, let's hope you know it. Here's some things I think, I was just sitting down thinking, well, how would I think this is gonna work out? First, I think we have to treat the other side with respect. I think the very first rule is you gotta Stop calling the other side idiots, using derogatory terms, saying stuff like the religion of whiteism. Um, I think you have to be really, really careful with your words. Um, and especially when you're referring to someone that disagrees with you. I think you have to go from just not saying bad words to being respectful. And I think it's on everybody to start doing that, not just at the top. 
I don't think even if you how you say it like those those Republicans those people that's the Republicans just picking out bad behavior by some Republicans and then labeling the whole group uh, why don't we pick out the best guy I like Romney I really like that guy he's not perfect but he seems to be a pretty good guy Or if you're the other side and you don't like us liberals, then the way you I just said liberals, and even the whole term liberals, is actually a, has become to be a derogatory term. And of course it depends on how you say it. So I, I think as a first step, if, if we want to have some values and, and try to make the world a better place, Second, I think we have to start spending more time with each other. Social media has allowed us and the internet to just very efficiently only associate with our side. I go to UUFN, United Unitarian Fellowship, or used to before COVID. I think there's one guy in there that's a libertarian, and I... I'm suspicious a couple other people are uh, Republicans, guys that keep their mouths shut. I'm pretty daring. I call myself an independent. I kind of switch back and forth. And I'm mostly liberal, more liberal than conservative, but I've got some red blood in me too. I think we have to find... I don't know how the hell to do this, but I think we have to find places where we have contact with the other side. Just get to know them social basis, at least a friendly basis, a discussion basis, a shake hand basis, and acknowledge that we respect them. That's pretty radical, isn't it? Then we have to learn to listen. And we have to learn with... to listen with our heart and try to understand why that person thinks like they do. What's different about their background, education, religion, their nature that allows them to see the world differently than you? How do they see the world differently? That's a huge assignment there and to be interested in them and their point of view on the world and don't get defensive and get your agenda on the plate so fast you can't learn about him So, let's say we establish this mutual respect and we talk to each other and learn about each other. 
We're about half the way there, maybe more than half. Second, we have to look at a group of problems, make a common list of problems or goals. And if you had the two sides, Republicans and Democrats, you could probably go down and get more support on a you know, Green New Deal from Democrats and Republicans. Uh, you could probably get more and have a more balanced or lower debt with Republicans. I said Green New Deal, that'd be Democrats. Sorry about that. But anyway, you get the idea. You could make a list of 20 problems in America and Republicans and Democrats would rank those in different order of priority. Somewhere down the middle of the list, maybe even the upper third, there's a couple of problems that both sides would rank as, as pretty high. Like it's been the idea of infrastructure um, has been on everybody's list forever, and everybody agrees. The only reason that doesn't get some action on it because uh, we don't know how to compromise anymore. So, the part of compromise is you may think the Green Deal is the top of your list and something has to be done. Um, but the other side doesn't see it that way. So, it's hard to go off of that list, but maybe you can find something in the infrastructure arena that works toward your Green Deal but it also works against having better transportation that maybe the Republicans would buy into. I don't know. It's, it's a complicated thing, but you've got to find a problem that ranks high enough for both of you to want to work on it. Then you've got to find in that bigger problem and that noble good you have to find some smaller sub-problem that's substantial, depends on the size of the group. You know, you're working in your city, it might be like getting the main role, the potholes fixed. And you could have completely different reasons for wanting to do that. Um, but you could agree on that subset, even if you couldn't agree on one side wants to put in, you know, new lights because it'll save energy because it'll keep the flat, you know, traffic flowing or make it one way or make it walking because you want to bring bike trails and walking to downtown and people have to park further away. Um, so what we have in America instead of that is both sides make their list. They have their list. Um, and when you're in power, you have the majority in the House and Senate and the presidency. You do power politics and you just push it through, which makes another cycle of power politics and you push it through when the other side gets in. 
And then in between, you're in stalemate all the time. Um, that that certainly was Trump. Um, but I, I think in a large part it was Obama too. I think Obama on the health care didn't get a single vote from the other side on on his, you know, Obamacare. That was power politics. And then uh, Trump pretty much passed uh, the tax cut for the rich. Uh, uh, It was power politics. And then a lot of executive orders. And we stand on that road, it really narrows what can be done. And I think it kind of exaggerates the divide between us. I think if Biden doesn't get anything done except he can get one or two bills, um, that gets bipartisan support. Like we just got bipartisan support on the $700 billion military defense budget. Military. Which always amazes the crap out of me that we can spend more than the next 10 countries. Uh, But that's Democrat plus Republican. I don't know if it's, you know, American. 100% of Americans would agree that we should be spending that much. But it is what it is. Uh, It's compromise and it gets through. Um, Funding the government generally gets through because... Otherwise, everything would go to a complete halt. The whole budgeting process is typically a compromise, although that's mostly Senate and the President, so that's mostly, with a few exceptions, there's a pushback by the Democrats, and they can drag their feet and make, you know, it's easier to compromise with them a little than to do it uh, completely against them. But I think we have to learn how to do this on a social basis from the ground floor up. We have to learn to listen, discuss problems, and propose solutions that both sides agree on. Uh, Just like on the last COVID bill, that didn't happen from, you know, something Pelosi or Mitch McConnell did. Uh, That's four senators got together. I wasn't sure it's senators or representatives, but four people, four Democrats and four Republicans got together and they went and had a meal together. They sat at someone's house, sat around, had a meal together, and talked. That's a friendly environment that shows a certain amount of respect to have someone in your house sitting around on your furniture, hopefully with masks and spaced as much as they could. But they sat around and discussed a compromise, and then they brought that forward. 
Those guys ought to be our heroes. Our newscast ought to be getting those eight people in and saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. Pelosi and Mitch had been blaming the other for since March. Was that nine months of blaming the other side? And everybody liked to think the Democrats were the, you know, the generous and the, you know, they had three trillion on the table and Republicans would only go, you know, half a trillion or something. Uh, But first we don't, you know, I don't think we've discussed that enough to know who is the good guy there and who's the bad guy. I do think Pelosi is better at making Mitch look like he's the the hold up and he's stopping everything. But I don't I just think she's she's just one hell of a smart woman uh, that knows how to make the other side. That's my judgment. I could be I could be wrong in that. And I generally agree, you know, I'm generally more blue than red, but this particular case, I don't know. And the fact that our news and we as individuals celebrate and make fun of the other side because Pelosi packages it real nice and then says, you know, blames the, the Republicans for holding things up. We've had this thing in our, I think they call it the Heroes Act. That's nice packaging. Uh, and the Heroes Act has everything in the sun in it. I mean, it's not just COVID. It's the universe is covered in this package. Um, is it the right thing to do? Probably not. Is the half a trillion Republicans want to do the right thing to do? Probably not. But probably the agreed list that they would come up with and that they have now come up with is probably better than either one of their list. And it only gets there by compromise, and it got done by compromise on people that are still in the system and they're still near the top, but it got done out of normal channels. I think the tone of compromise has to come from us, and it's got to come from us on the basic things I'm talking about, of listening to the other side and respect and stop using derogatory terms to talk about the other side. And look for news channels that do the same thing. MSNBC makes the Republicans look like bad guys. Fox makes the Democrats look like bad guys. And they use terminology that makes the other the bad people. That's not okay. Um... And I don't know if you can get away from that completely, but uh, PBS, I think, does a better job. BBC, I think, does a better job. Um, I think The Daily was something I listen to each morning. Um, I think New York, Washington Post, both of those are liberal. So I'm... um, I'm picking something that kind of backs my side, but I'm guessing there's some conservative uh, papers like the Wall Street Journal that are still fact-based, 
coupled with opinion. It's not wrong to have an opinion, and as long as you treat it as an opinion and not a fact. They used to call that an editorial page. Um, but it all starts with this idea that we've got together to solve our problems with someone that we respect, and that someone to seek out those on the other side that are looking for solutions and progress and not blame and being right. It's like in a marriage. If your goal is to be right, your marriage is screwed. Sorry, it just is. Your goal has to be looking for solutions, looking for the best in the person that you're sitting there eyeball to eyeball. I, I know this is not real profound stuff, but it is really needed in this country. We've got a truckload of things that we need to work on, including education and COVID. As long as we spend all our time blaming Trump for being so incompetent on handling COVID, I'm not sure where the hell that gets us. And to also admit that we have a healthcare system that just really sucks. It's fragmented and it's run by the insurance companies. That is just not really set up to deal with the COVID. Um, and our independent state structure, it's not set up. Our attitude of being right all the time, that just feeds into the whole COVID problem. You get on one side of the fence or the other. And you're blaming the other side and telling them how stupid they are. That that doesn't get us anywhere. That's like a marriage going down the toilet. I got three of them. Yeah, I'm on my third marriage, and it's a lot I should have learned a lot earlier in my life. Um, but I can tell you, if your goal is to blame and be right, even if you stay in your marriage, you don't have much. And that's what we're doing to our country. This blame politics. Well, you want to blame the other side for being blame politics, I know. But we have to let that go. And we have to go into it in good faith and watch what we say and pick our words choose to be respectful, independent of what the other side is doing. Anyway, that's my two cents on, it's really obviously more than just compromise, but I think the heart of saving America is learning to compromise and learning all the tool set and values necessary to make compromise work. Anyway, that's one of the things I'm hoping for for America. Looking out over America here from behind my fence in Texas, metaphorically speaking, and saying we need some compromise between the cattle ranchers, which is me in this metaphor and the sheep ranchers.
between the open range and the fence range. Anyway, <laughs> pardon my weak use of metaphors, but anyway, this is the ancient Texan hoping America can learn to compromise. Hope you have a good day. Namaste. Yo, this is the ancient Texan, an earthling, hoping we all can learn to live and play well together on this small and delicate planet we call home. May we all honor the sacred in our fellow inhabitants. Namaste.